This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Spoiler alert! What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Episode number 365. What did you watch this week? My name is Mike. My name is John. Yo, what up? Not much. We uh, took a took a week off in between recordings. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. a lot to talk about. And uh, simultaneously, Mike went to uh, Guns N' Roses. I did. I went to the Guns and or Roses. How was that? It was awesome, really. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we the show was at Fenway Park, so it was outside. We sat on the side two years ago when we saw them there, and it was it was fantastic. It was the first time I'd ever seen them live. But sitting on the turf facing the stage instead of being on the side of the stage, the sound there definitely carries different. Yeah. So you could it was sounded so much better. Um, uh, the band, the Pretenders, were the opening act. They came on promptly at 5:30. They played an hour and did a good 15-song set. Mm. Um, you know, they played a bunch of songs I knew, a bunch of songs I didn't know, and I enjoyed it. But honestly, I hate saying that because otherwise, what am I lying? Uh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> However, I wouldn't seek them out and like purposely buy a ticket to see them again unless like Kate was like, I want to go see them. Mm. Okay. Not that they were bad. It's just it's not a band I needed to see to begin with. Yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, Guns N' Roses. Uh, the rumor was they were going to hit the stage at 715. They hit the stage at 742. Ooh. Uh, song three was Chinese Democracy, and it started to sprinkle at the end of the song. Hmm. Song four was a uh, cover of uh, Velvet Revolver Slither. So for those that don't know, Velvet Revolver was essentially Guns N' Roses without Axl Rose as the lead singer. It was Scott Weiland of Snow uh, Temple Pilots. Mm-hmm. Um, but last time we saw them and this time, they, they consistently do uh, Slither. And Axl sounds great on the song. And, it, you know, Slash really is the heart and soul of the band as far as his yeah, guitar is. carries the band, you know. Uh, without when when it was you know when they released the Chinese Democracy, which is an album I never purchased, Slash and Duff weren't involved with it. Basically, it was an Axel thing, and it just didn't sound the same. Even when like Guns N' Roses toured with like Buckethead and others like that, it just wasn't the same because Slash is just so uniquely awesome to himself. Um, but anyways, it started to really rain well, really rain well. If you go on my blog. Uh, random thoughts and ponderings that blog uh it's got uh, i did a post on it and i posted a short like 11 second video where you can see it's boring um during the song and there's a part where uh and slither where uh they the lyrics is like here comes the water to wash away all the sins of you and i 
and it's a part of the chorus and actually got to the point and he said here comes the water and then he just stopped and shrugged his shoulders <laughs> because like it was raining so hard like meh and then he nice. finished it uh the cool part was that the, they never left the stage and they weren't undercover that well so like they got soaked too and they just stayed out there like the drummer and the keyboardist they were fur enough back but like slash axel duff and, and richard there on rhythm guitar they all got soaked um you could see it um and they never stopped playing so did it affect the sound quality nope it was awesome hmm. uh it affected my vision that's about it uh there was a very surreal moment when song five was welcome to the jungle and it sounded like they they turned up the speakers for this one because it was so loud and they were cranking and they're like there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are rocking out to welcome to the jungle jumping around singing as loud as they can while it just started to rain harder than it had rained before and it was very it was a very surreal moment to be in that environment just rocking out to guns and roses in the pouring rain like literally the pouring rain um and uh no one seemed to care really ironically by the time they sang november rain it wasn't raining anymore so well yeah because the rain saved for november right right sure sure but it rained for a good hour of different levels of intensity and then it started to sprinkle again near the end of the show last couple songs so uh they did 27 songs on the set i think it was 26 27 songs they played almost three hours um it was really, really freaking good, and I would, hmm. I would absolutely go again. Nice. They're my Just favorite band when pretenders. I was a kid. Right. I'd go see Guns N' Roses again. You know, I they the, they came to in '93. They came to the Augusta Civic Center uh, right before I turned 14, and I wanted to go so bad. And <clears> it's the first concert I ever really wanted to go to. And my mom would not let me go. And she's like, you'll see him again when they when you're a little older and they come through, blah, blah, blah. Well, then they went and fucking broke up for, you know, 23 years. And I didn't see him again. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't just come back around. Um, so, but yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. That's cool. <sighs> so as far as shows and movies and stuff. Yeah. I feel like there's still not a lot that's on right now. No. Um, I mean, we picked up TV a new shows, show, but yeah, yeah, true. But for the, what we're watching, like what we do in the shadows in Ahsoka. Yeah. Uh, well, we haven't spoken about good omens cause we both finished that. Okay. All right. Yeah. I finished. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We finished good omens. I couldn't remember. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I have, I'm all caught up on, uh, justified. I think, I think there's only one episode left that airs this week. Uh, so I'll watch that. Um, and then we're watching deadliest catch. We love it. Um, we're watching, oh my God, Kate really got me sucked into, uh, below deck, uh, down under. Which one's that? Down Under. She was like, here, you need to watch this show. It's so drama stupid. And I said, she's yelling like, I did I not. I hear her. Your fault. Yeah. So, uh, 
I, saw, I was like, well, I'm trapped in this room. I don't have a choice. And then we watched, I think I'd missed like the first couple episodes of like season one. And then I was, I was hook, line and sinker. I got sucked into that ridiculous drama so hard. Just like you. And what's that dumb Love Island show you're watching? The the one that I delayed our recording tonight for half an hour so that we could watch the finale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the one that I literally like the first episode or two, you know, Julie was feeling down. She's like, I want to watch this. It's a comfort show. And I'm like, all right. And I'm watching it and I flipped through IMDb because I was like, oh, this is like. This is the U.S. version because there's been a U.K. version and an Aussie version. So this is the U.S. And I'm like, oh, we're on the fifth season of the U.S. version. So I look back and like the fourth season, I said, there were 38 fucking episodes in this. And she goes, yeah, I know. And I said, we're not fucking watching all of these 38 goddamn episodes, an hour long each. No. And she's like, well, I'll watch them. And I'm like, OK, have fun. Because I'm like, it's it's drama and it's reality yeah. and then you know you're like i'll be ready at six i'm like nope watch the finale <laughs> gotta see who won <laughs> sucked right in invested oh. yeah oh yeah i got i got sucked right into below deck we've finished the first season i think that we've there's been seven or eight episodes of season or maybe even 10 episodes of season two that's out that we've watched um yeah it's ridiculous some of these charter guests are so obnoxious <laughs> That it's just like, who uh, who the fuck do you think you are? You know, like there's so many obnoxious, obnoxious, obnoxious charter guests. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I got sucked in hard. So I don't like I tell Kate, you can't watch it without me. Mm-hmm. That type of thing. Like, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be yeah. like, there's a new episode. One of the things that I liked about this one is some of the other ones that we've watched in the past are like they're recorded months ago. And then they do all their editing and they put it out. These ones are live. So, I mean, live, but they're edited. But yeah, so every night there's a new episode. And so a couple episodes back, two or three episodes back, the the people who were remaining, all of their families sent them video messages. Hey, we've been watching. We loved when this happened and when this happened. And so it's all happening in real time. So like last night was the finale. I was like, nope, we got to watch this before there's spoilers everywhere. And mm. we knew who was going yeah, to know that. Anyway, makes that makes sense. You don't want to get spoiled. Uh, other than that, though, I will say that uh, we got back into Mr. Robot. Or oh, nice. as as it's now known, Dr. Robot, because we were talking about, you know, we haven't watched Doctor Who in a while. We haven't watched Mr. Robot. And uh, we were going through a couple of things. And then one night, Julie was like, what do you say we watch a couple episodes of Dr. Robot? And I just <laughs> stopped and looked at her. And I was like, you want to try that one again? <laughs> I was like, because I honestly don't know which show you're talking about. Yeah, which one do you want to watch, damn it? But we got back into Mr. Robot, which was funny because we were, when we left off, we were, I think, um, like on episode seven of season three. So we kind of kind of pushed through a little bit and then we got to the finale of season three um which was rough but as she said and she's right like that could have been the finale of the series when you know he hits the button to undo what happened with five nine and yes you know but we left everybody in such hard 
places. You know, Angela finds out that that's her dad. Um, Darlene knows that Angela is fucked up because she just got kidnapped. Uh, Elliot's losing his mind and finally agrees to work with Mr. Robot. You know, it, it was a good spot, but at the same time, we needed a fourth season to kind of cap it all off. And then I was like, you ready to watch the premiere of season four? She's like, sure. At the end of the episode, she goes, that's how they started the fourth season. I'm like, yeah, because that's the one. Remember, you and I talked about it on the podcast, how it basically cold opens with Angela being executed on screen. Yeah. You know, her Philip have that whole thing. And he's like, I wish you hadn't said that. And he rips the wire off and you watch the guys just pop her right in the back of the head. Um and then at the end of the episode, like everything else that's going on in there isn't enough. At the end of the episode is when the Dark Army holds Elliot down and shoots him up with enough heroin to overdose him and then leaves him writhing on the floor and walks out. Like, that's where we're at right now. <laughs> yeah, that was a hard that was a hard scene. Yeah, the, the whole opening was hard. And it's. This is a rough season anyway. This is the one that has the play episode. Remember the one where like halfway through, it's like, holy shit, this is a, this is a stage play when they're in yes. her apartment and they're going back and forth. And Yeah. Oh, I'm so looking forward to this. Such a good show. I know it kind of makes me want to go back and watch it, but it's a lot to invest in. Four seasons, uh, the first three or 10 episodes each. Um, Oh, dude, (laughs) again, like one of my favorite parts of this talking about season three ending and where everything was so fucked up is when uh, when Irvin is talking to Dom about how she's going to be the new mole inside the FBI and he's killing her former boss in front of her with the axe and hacking him up. And every whack is him saying, you know, or think about your mother, so and so whack. Or your sister that lives at this address, whack, your little four-year-old nephew and your brother. And and then when he's just like, do we understand each other? Yeah, right. Oh, such a good show. God damn. Yeah, it, I mean, that's what I was saying, though. Ten episodes for the first three seasons, and then the last season is 15 episodes. So it is an investment, but it's also not. I mean, that's 45 episodes. <sighs> so, so I know we've discussed this in the past. Sure. But the scene where Angela is executed. Yes. There's no way she doesn't see them coming, right? No. Like they're she... just in this huge open field. Like they were walking towards her before she went and sat down. Yes. Uh, because upon watching it again, like she says... I know what her device does and I know how to take it from her. And when she does, you hear a door slam shut in the distance and they both look up at the house and he's like, I wish you hadn't said that. And she's like, I'm not going to run. I'm done. I don't care because she was having those delusions in her head. You know, she, she kind of snapped and she kept telling Elliot, we're going to get our parents back. She's going to bring them back to life for us. We're going to be reunited with them. So, yeah, she saw them coming. She knew that it was coming. She absolutely sat right there because she no longer fears death. That's his daughter, you know? That's his yeah. freaking daughter. And he had just revealed that to her. 
it's funny again on rewatch we came to the scene where we're having the flashback of uh the party that they're holding for angela's mom you know basically her death party and uh you know angela didn't want to be there and there's like a throwaway line from that lawyer who's like this mysterious benefactor is still trying to pay your medical bills and and help you out she's like no i don't want any money okay and now that we look back that was philip you know he was the mysterious benefactor oh such a good show yeah so many wrong things with it so many Mm -hmm. right things with it too and -hmm. wrong because you know i just they were devastating (laughs) yeah absolutely any few yeah yeah talk about good omens too because you had only watched like the first episode and then you binged right through it. Yeah, it's kind of hard. One second, please. I feel like we need hold music. Um, Hold on a second. I apologize. This is work related. Has to do with recordings for the uh, troopers that got hit by the vehicle last night. Mm. Uh, yeah, so good omens. I, I ended up binging that. Um, wasn't my anticipation, but that was just what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with binging is everything blurs together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there it is. Yeah. yeah, the problem with binging is everything just kind of blurs together. And uh my big takeaway is gonna be is through this whole season as we see the friendship of uh Azarafel and Crowley. I know I'm gonna say David and Michael. That's all I was gonna say. <laughs> Anyways, we see their friendship from when they were just like angels together and they kind of met and we knew about the relationship in the first one, but then all the way through, and we kind of see like, oh, they're in love. Mm-hmm. Interesting, but I can't really say it. No, they can't because one's a demon angel or cat, you know, and they just they can't be that way. An angel who's not allowed to be in heaven, mind you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. There was just a lot. There was a lot to absorb. Like, ah, I feel like I'm going to jump around a lot. But anyways, so I liked how we got their story through the years. <sighs> Yes. You know what I mean? Like each episode, we'd have the main storyline going on of, you know, um, uh, Gabriel, who's had his memory taken and he's fallen. Um, and I love how that came to be. And we have <laughs> so we have that storyline of heaven and hell looking for him and everything that's going on with that. Uh, we have the record store owner and the coffee shop girl who they're trying to force to be together in a relationship. Um, because of to the cover lie. up the miracle, yeah, to cover up the miracle, and um, and we have that every episode, and then we have each episode has its own like background story, 
mm-hmm. that happened years ago or whatever. I think my favorite is the grave robbing girl. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was so that good was on so many favorite. levels. Yeah. Yep, it was. Um, yeah, that one I think was probably my favorite old time story, if you will. Uh, another good one was uh, Job, and how. Oh my God! Yes. Have you know? Heaven gave hell basically a free pass to do whatever they wanted to Job. How they took his goats and killed his kids and da 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 da. And his kids, by the way, were pieces of shit. Incidentally. Did you recognize that his oldest, his son, was the one from Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon slash David Tennant's oldest? No, I didn't notice that. No. Yeah. Um, you know how they how they accomplished all of that with like secretly like, oh, God's like, we'll just give you it back, like and like you will give you double the goats back and double the kids and blah blah blah, but they're not going to give you your original kids. We're going to give you like, you know, (laughs) we're just going to let you give birth three more times, six more times. And she's or seven because God likes number seven. Yeah. And it's like, but I'm like, I'm I'm old. I don't want to have give birth (laughs) to seven more kids like. Yeah, that that whole storyline was funny, but the grave robber was probably the best. Where. You know, Aziraphale messes up with the body so she can't sell it because he thinks it's wrong. And then after sitting down talking with the. Basically, the pathologist or whoever you want to call him, mm-hmm. who's just not pathologist, but the undertaker, I don't know, it doesn't matter. He's like, no, we need these cadavers so we can study the human body and learn how to do things and learn how to how things work so we can fix things when they break. You know, that's what these yeah. are good for. So then as you're oh, OK, then and then, you know, they try to bring another body over and blah, blah, blah. And then her friend gets killed. So she brings her friend's body there because it's like, well, it's all going to go to waste. And then she's going to kill herself. And I mean, just the whole thing's wild. Yeah, it was a very good, uh, you know, story about how he thought that he was supremely right. You know, you can't do this. You're desecrating a body. And, you know, that is wrong and it's evil and it's terrible. And Crowley's like, let her do it. Let her see where it goes. And turns out, yeah, she was actually doing good. She was helping people inadvertently. I mean, yeah, she was lining her own pockets, but like you were saying, it was for medical research. It was to get these the next generation of surgeons and doctors to be up to speed. Um, there was the other episode uh, in the 40s with the Nazi agents that go to hell and they get brought back as zombies. <laughs> to stop Crowley and Aziraphale because they're trying to get evidence that they're working together Mm -hmm. to bring to the hell council. And, um, yeah. Um, I didn't think they were going to be able to wrap it up in six episodes. No, because they introduced a lot of complex characters and storylines and ultimately they did. I mean, you know, Gabriel um, was it the other angels wanted to have the apocalypse on Earth, basically, and start mm-hmm. over. Let's just wipe everything out and start over. And Gabriel yeah. was just like, yeah, pass. <laughs> and they so they kind of plotted against him and they were going to have his memory erased and kind of kick him out of heaven so that they could do what they wanted. And then he took his own memory. Mm hmm. And he wasn't trying to get to Xerophil. He was trying to get to somebody else. 
and it didn't work out. Um, but then by the end, you know, he gets his memory back and he remembers who he is. And, you know, essentially they have the whole thing where, well, you know, heaven's not going to destroy the earth. Hell's not going to create cause, you know, uh, declare war on heaven. I mean, uh, they worked it all out. But what did you think of the storyline of Gabriel and his love interest? I thought it was like normally in a normal story, I would be like, oh, Jesus, this is this is terrible. You know, they're introducing this at the last second. Um, they're they're kind of throwing us for a loop here because nothing pointed to this. There was no evidence of it whatsoever. Like um, I had this problem with uh, what was it? I think it was the Bone Collector. Uh, one of these murder mystery movies. Yeah. And uh, my problem was that we as the audience weren't given all of the information. We weren't given all of the clues. We weren't able to see everything that was going on. So when they did the big reveal, it was, it was more, you know, they were like, ha ha, this is the big reveal. This is the guy that killed. And this is why he did it. But it, it didn't make sense because we couldn't have figured that out. Like, um, you know, right now watching the after party and I think I've got it figured out eight episodes in because, you know, like with the first season, they're showing us everything that's happening and you can actually, you know, put the clues together. But in this case, I normally would be very upset with that reveal about his romantic interludes, but because the entire show wasn't about that, it was more just like a happy, kind of coincidence, happy kind of, you know, asterisks on the main story. I'm all for it. I thought it was great. Yeah. We've talked about that before in the past where it's like when they, when you're watching like a murder, murder mystery, you should be able to try to be able to figure it out. Yes. And when they don't give you all the facts for all the players or everything involved, so there's no way you can figure it out. Then it's not really a twist. It's more like, Oh, well, yeah, I could have this never, was you known just trying to tell a story and leave me out of it. Exactly. So in this case, I did not feel that that's what they were doing. I felt that it was just a fun little twist on the story. Um, I I really liked it, actually. I thought that it was beautifully done and it, it helped to explain his whole, you know, no, I'm all set with the apocalypse. Um, yep. I, um, I, will, I enjoyed the whole the series as a whole. I was a big fan of it. I love the character development of. Xerophil and Crowley, uh, how they became to where they became and how it was the demon that accepted that he was in love with an angel and that wanted to take advantage of it. The, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we also got um, the very opening scene of episode one was Crowley when he was still an angel. And, you know, talking yes. about how he was so proud of the universe that they were creating and all of the stuff that was going on. And Aziraphale basically telling him, oh, yeah, they've already got plans. It's going to be blown up in 6,000 years. And yeah. that's what started Crowley rebelling, you know, joining yep. Team Lucifer and fighting back because he was like, this is a beautiful universe. Take advantage of it. And God was like, oh, you don't like it? Go to hell. Literally. Legitimately. So, oh, and that was the other thing they said. They didn't want to send Gabriel to hell. They couldn't send Gabriel to hell because they'd already banished one angel down there. It happens one time. Obviously, they're talking about Crowley. 
Uh, I think they were talking about Lucifer. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, one archangel down there before. If it happens once, it's just it's a it's a thing. But if it happens more than once, then yeah, yeah. we've got an issue. Yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely think, and Julie and I argued about this, but I definitely think that uh, Metatron tapping a Xerophel to become an archangel is because they want a patsy and they feel yes. like they can manipulate him and uh, use him to kick off the apocalypse for real. Cause that's yep. what they all wanted was the apocalypse. And so if they've got him in there thinking that he's, you know, Oh, I'm an archangel and I can do things to make it better. And then they just kind of keep nudging him in that direction. Yep. No, I that's believe funny. that. Yeah, I believe that. That makes sense to me. Uh, and then, you know, Zerfell, like basically making his deal, like, I'll do this, but only if you let Crowley come back. And so he's like, I got you to be able to go back to heaven. That never mm-hmm. happens. And Crowley's like, I don't want to go back there. Yeah. He basically just wants to run off into the great unknown with Zerfell. Yep. Real love story. I don't know. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, only six episodes. They went by really fast, which I started watching them. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure that they'll have a third. They, they're not even calling them seasons. Like this was called Good Omens 2. Yeah. So I'm sure that there'll be a third Good Omens. David Tennant and Michael Sheen just really they have great chemistry on screen together. They really do in everything that they do. It's so funny to see their roles reversed because when we were watching them on that Hulu show, which I can't remember the name of right now, yeah. the one that was during the lockdown the pandemic one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Michael Sheen definitely portrayed more of a Crowley vibe than David Tennant did. And, you know, he was definitely the more dominant, the stronger of the two. David Tennant always felt like he was, you know, the whiny little, uh, and then to see them, here with the roles flipped it's funny but it also shows how broad of a range they can do in their staged. acting staged 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 that's the one yes oh let's so, see here uh what we do in the shadows yep you have two episodes to talk about because you hadn't watched. Well, you hadn't watched the one with um, Colin Robinson with his black eye. Oh, we, yes. And yes, uh, he couldn't energy drain anybody because he had a black eye and people found it too interesting. Mm-hmm. So even when it tried to be horrifically boring, it didn't work. Yeah. His stories became too interesting. People were like, oh, I want to know about this. Yeah. So he was actually dying. Yeah. Yeah, it was killing him. Um, this I thought was it was also... funny. Be... Go ahead. Nope, you go ahead. Well, that's because I thought it was funny because, like, Laszlo had a plan uh, with this device to help Colin <laughs> get his, you know, suck some energy from um, Nandor. Yep. And but they didn't want to use it. And then finally, at the end, they're like, let's do it. And so Colin sucks too much energy from Nandor. And now Nandor is like catatonic. 
Mm-hmm. And Colin's like, and then the machine's broken. So Colin's like, if I can figure out how to suck energy out of people, I'm sure I can put some into them. <laughs> and um, so that was funny. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, <coughs> actually, do we have like three episodes to talk about? No, we already. Well, did we talk about urgent care? That was the same episode. That's the one where Guillermo had the broken oh. leg because he was trying to fly and yeah, kind of fly. Okay, they brought they brought him to urgent care and essentially they put every they put everybody to sleep at urgent care. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. go and euthanize him. And this is where Nadia kind of shows that hey, like she actually cares about Guillermo a little bit. Yeah. Well, she no, because you're not gonna kill my 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 familiar. That's my familiar. Yep. You know, you're not going to kill him. Only I'm going to kill him. And he's, you know, blah, blah, blah. So she rescues him by basically destroying the entire hospital. <laughs> yep. Well, they were going to put him down and she's like, no, we can fix him. And he's like, OK. But then he found out that he was like uh, half transformed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when Nadja found out as well. So once he found out that he was half transformed, basically an abomination, he was like, no, we need to put him down now. And she's like, no. And. So now she's in on the secret. That's true. Yeah. And they were going to tell Colin at the end of the episode, but he said he didn't give a shit and walked away. Yep. Um, and um, then in the next episode was when basically Guillermo's a dad to all those. Yeah. Little- Cause <laughs> Laszlo takes Guillermo's DNA and mixes it with like a dog and a frog and this and this and this and this. Pig. And it creates all these, these hybrid Guillermo creatures. Uh huh. And then Laz like, well, you need to destroy and kill them all. But they can talk to him and they have feelings. And of course, he can't bring himself to do it. So he uh, brings him to like a retirement community uh, <laughs> where no one's going to notice that it's a talking dog or a pig or whatever it is. Right. So that was fun. Um, that was also when uh, Nadja was a teacher. Yes, yes. And then runs into this woman who's like, basically he's conning her that she can help her with her curse. Helen the her Magic hex. Woman. Yeah, I'm Helen the Magic Woman. And I need donuts from this particular Dunkin' Donuts. And it's, <laughs> she keeps going back and getting her all these donuts in, repeatedly, only to find out that she's banned from that Dunkin' Donuts because her picture's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of how she treated the staff. And... um so she then refuses to bring Helen any more donuts. Yeah. Good stuff. Helen was a Karen. Yes. Played by uh, Carrie Kenny Silver. Uh, nice. Uh, and then the most recent episode was called uh, The Roast. And... <laughs> Laszlo's down in the dumps, it looks like, and he doesn't care about anything. He's not really paying attention. And ultimately, we find out at the end of the episode, he was just trying to figure out how he wanted to rearrange his books, either alphabetically or. Yeah. So, so. I loved Julia's take on this much better when the episode first mm-hmm. started and he was just sitting there and he's like, yes, yes, very well. Yes, yes, very well. And he kept doing that over and over again. She's like, how much you want to bet that's not really Laszlo. He found a way to like create a doppelganger of himself. That's just oh. like, go. And I was like, I love that idea. And then 
at the end of the episode when they bring oh, in the Guillermo we're... body. She's like, I'll bet you that's yeah. another one. And I love that so much better than him just like, oh, I've been sitting here for two weeks trying to figure out how to rearrange my yeah. books. The Baron's there. He finds out that Guillermo's the one. So they're having a roast for Laszlo to try and cheer him up. It's not going well. The Baron's there. She, he finds out that Guillermo's the one that burnt him because he opened the door while he was there. And, and the Baron wants that he has Van Helsing blood. Well, yeah, that's right. And he has Van Helsing blood. So now the Baron wants to kill Guillermo. And so we get that cat and mouse chase scene for quite a while of the episode. And then it seems like they finally let bygones be got bygones. And then Guillermo once again opens the door and <laughs> hits the Baron with sunlight. Oops. <laughs> yeah. But in the end, even after he kills the Guillermo, faux Guillermo squid creature, <laughs> uh, he ends up adopting all the squid Guillermo's kids and brings them to his house because he's apparently just as soft as the others. And that's just what happens when you get older, even when you're a vampire and blah, blah, yep. blah. And so they're all great episodes. They're hilarious. <laughs> I love the theme song. I, I love how the, 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 the cadence of the show, the comedy is great. It's just it's just fantastic all around. So this this season has kind of had the running. It's not a running joke, but it's like a running thread of how Guillermo has been turned. And his transformation is taking longer, probably because of the Van Helsing blood, but it's taking longer. And so more and more people keep finding out this episode. Once again, Colin found out, you know, that he is. Yeah. He has been turned and said, I want nothing to do with this again, which is great. Um, the Baron found out he'd been turned. So pretty was much like, everybody knows. And what's hilarious is the Baron's like, man, you got to tell him like you got to you got to be honest with him. Like yeah. he's being real emotional about it. Like you, you got to be honest with him. You got to tell him what happened. man. <laughs> now, you can't just not let this go. And, and well, what do you think he's going to do? Oh, oh no! If he had any good sense, he he's gonna kill everybody and he's gonna kill you and then kill himself. I mean, that's just what's gonna happen. But you, you gotta tell him. Yeah, yeah. He deserves to hear it from you. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how they're gonna resolve it. Um, we have two episodes left, but they're both airing on the thirty-first in a couple of days. Thursday night. Yep. Uh, the ninth one is called "A Weekend at Morgan Manor," and the tenth episode is called "Exit Interview." Oh, interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> interesting. So I don't know if uh, if they're getting ready to write Guillermo off the show. I don't think that they could. He's pretty much the heart I and soul so. of the show. I hope the show keeps going. Yes. They're already scheduled for a sixth season, so. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see here. The only other show I have to talk about is Red Rose. Red Rose? Yeah. What about Ahsoka? Well, that too, I mean, but that have, we don't watch. Have you watched any of the second season of The After Party yet? Not yet. Okay. Episode eight just aired. I think we've got two episodes left. And uh, like I said, I think after this episode, um, we figured it out, but... There's still two episodes to go, so.
Yeah, I, I am going to watch it. I am 100% planning on watching it. I guess at this point, I'll wait for them all to be up there, and I'll try to binge them. Looks like August 30th, and then September 6th will be the final. Okay. Sounds good there. Uh, Red Rose. It is a uh, 2022 British horror drama based on a teen angst experience in varying degrees with a group of school levels of school leavers obsessed with their smartphones. Wow. Takes place in the UK. Okay. It is, uh, it's a very thick accent. It's eight episodes. Premise. Set in Bolton, the series revolves around a group of friends in the town as they plan to have one more carefree summer before heading off to college. However, their plans are immediately thwarted as a sense of danger looms over the group when an app called Red Rose is downloaded and makes sinister demands that end in deadly consequences if not followed. Okay. So I've watched four episodes so far. I'm actually really kind of digging the show. Um, uh, yeah, they're teenagers, but they're British teenagers, so it's a little bit different than American teenagers. Um, they still have their bullshit drama they deal with a little bit, but it's less and less. It's, it's literally more about the mystery surrounding this app that seems to take over your phone, uh, post things, make you be able to talk to ghosts, uh, threaten to humiliate you on social medias if you don't do whatever the task is they want you to do. Um, yeah and um so it's it's pretty pretty damn interesting so far is it and maybe you don't know this yet but is it a supernatural app kind of thing or is it like there's somebody behind the scenes who's doing it well i don't it's a little of both okay there's a little aspects of both in it i don't really want to give away too much in case you want to watch it okay um but yeah, I, I actually sh- found shockingly found myself enjoying the hell out of it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I got a few more episodes to go. Okay. All right. Uh, Ahsoka. All right. Run with it. So they gave us two episodes. Um, it was one of those for me, at least it was a surprise drop and it sounds like it was a surprise drop for you too. Cause I was like, Ahsoka's out and you're like, no shit. Yeah, no, I, I was quite surprised. This is definitely one of those shows. I think that if you don't know rebels, if you haven't watched rebels, if you don't know the characters, uh, you're going to be missing out. Uh, a lot of the, like you could tell, Somebody who hasn't seen it would be able to say, oh, Sabine obviously cared a lot about Ezra. But if you haven't watched all the episodes, and you don't know everything that they went through. Like some of that's going to be lost on you. It's not going to have the same. Gut punch type thing. Uh, sure, I get that. So there were a lot of things that were introduced in this that. Some of them were for the first time in the Star Wars cinematic universe, like talking about Dathomir and the witches of Dathomir. Like those have been in the games. Those have been in the comics. But this is the first time that they've really like. Touched on it in the movies and such movies and shows, yeah. uh, which is cool. Um, witches of Dathomir. Force users that followed their own kind of tradition. They were more uh, like druid pagan types 
they were famous for riding rancors. Like that was kind of their thing. But um, and they used the force differently than the Jedi did much more primal and visceral. We also uh, we got introduced to the first time that there's another galaxy out there. Like the, the thing yeah. with the Star Wars universe has always been a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And now suddenly there's a second galaxy and this second galaxy has some smart people who made up this little map that Sabine figured out and then got stolen from her. Um, it felt bad to me knowing that God, I wanted to say Ray Park, um, the guy who played yeah. Ray Winstone. Yeah. The one who plays uh, one of the Sith, knowing that he filmed this and then passed away. Um yeah, they have and, that for our friend Ray at the end, and it does. Yeah, stop. yeah. Um, it's also, I'm not going to be one of those fanboys, but I will say it kind of bums me out that everybody in the live action so far, like Hera and um, Sabine, even Chopper, they're all done by the same voice actors that did them in the animated series. Uh, we even saw that with Katie Sackhoff as uh, Bo-Katan, but having Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka is not, she was not the voice in the cartoons. And that still kind of feels like a slight to me. It, Who was the voice in the cartoons? God, I don't remember the name. <clears throat> I mean, maybe it just wasn't physically possible for the actress to play the role. Oh, no, it absolutely was. And she uh, she went on to say that she was disappointed that she was not asked to play. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Come on. Ashley Eckelstein. Ashley Eckstein? Yes. Uh, Eckstein? Yep. And she, you know, when when Ahsoka first showed up in The Mandalorian, or was it The Mandalorian or The Book of Boba Fett? Yeah. I think it was Mandalorian. Yeah. When she first showed up and people were like, oh, here's Rosario Dawson as, you know, Ashley Eckstein was asked. And she's like, mm, nobody asked me. Nobody asked me if I wanted to be. They just cast her. And she was a little bit miffed about it. She wasn't you know, going on a tear, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's a bummer of a deal that we have the voice cast able to be their live counterparts, except in that case. I don't know. I look at her and she doesn't look like Ahsoka to me. When I look at Rosario Dawson, that looks like her to me. Well, either way. Um, I mean, it's not the, the age thing. They're the same age. Yeah. In fact, I think Rosario's older. I all that aside, I love this show. I, I thought that it was really cool. Uh, we got equal parts politics. You know, they're talking about the politics of rebuilding uh, the. The new world out of the old Galactic Republic or sorry, rebuilding the Republic out of the Empire and how that takes a lot of work. And there's still a lot of people who are loyal to the empire, as we even saw in the second episode when they, uh, you know, turn traitor right there in front of them. Um, yeah. There's a good mix of action. 
and it's good action. Like we're getting great lightsaber duels. We're getting lots of force powers. Uh, we're getting, uh, she mentioned they're chasing down an HK droid, which is awesome. Those are hunter killer assassin droids. Mm-hmm. Uh, had some great characters in the, uh, old Republic that were HK droids, HK 47 specifically. Um, I don't know. I, I really liked the pace of it. Some of it did feel a little, uh, I don't know, like Ahsoka's whole thing where she got into the crypt to find the map was a little bit too much of a dramatic flair for me. Like it was a little bit too much with her, like, you know, throwing the sabers into the ground and then using the force to twist them around and dropping down. And, you know, it just, it was a little too theatrical. I guess I'll say. Yeah. Um, but I liked. I don't know. I do like the show. Um, I don't know what else I can really say about it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, and pick apart every little detail of it. Uh, I love David Tennant, of course, and having him as the droid. Very interesting that he's talking about being a droid that has served the Jedi has helped train younglings has helped, um, watch them grow. You know, he makes that comment to Sabine about how, uh, you know, he's seen so many younglings trained up as Padawans and into Jedi and that, you know, her force sensitivity is probably, you know, subpar to all of them. Um, that's an interesting kind of take on it. So we have the world, we have Jedis and Masters, we have Jedis and, and Padwas, we have Siths and Apprentices, we have, mm-hmm. you know, lightsaber battles, which we really haven't seen outside of, you know, we didn't see them in Andor, we didn't, we, have, we don't really see them in the Mandalorian here and there, but very consistently now we're getting some significant lightsaber battles in this. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we're in that troublesome period of... You know, the Empire's down and the New Republic is risen, but just like they said, a lot of what people they're using to do jobs and this and that and everything, they worked for the Empire. They weren't loyal to the Empire. They were loyal to the dollar. No, they were loyal mm-hmm. to the Empire. Um, <laughs> so like you said, the traitor. So, I mean, we're just we're building a story. We're building the story of trying to find Thawne. The bad guys want to find him, and they want to stop the good guys from finding him. The good guys want to find him so they can bring him to justice, kill him, whatever they want to do. We yep. have the story of of the Jedi Master and her former former Padawan that she she's not ready, doesn't feel she's ready. That he she abandoned me. Blah 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 blah. And obviously they're going to get back together and you know move forward. And you know Sabine's going to be try to you know hone in her Jedi skills, even though she's you know a Mandalorian and everything. So. Um, we're telling a story, you know, um, so far I'm really enjoying it thoroughly. As am I. I don't think, I don't think, I think the effect, I don't think the effects are cheesy. I think they're doing a fantastic job making it look like 1970s, 1980s Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Like it was with the helmets, with the electronics, with everything involved. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just digging the hell out of it. I watched mm-hmm. one episode on uh, Saturday, and one on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So I saw a fun meme that was um, it was the ghost of Liam Neeson's 
and it said uh, Qui-Gon's Force Ghost shaking his head as he watches Sabine get gutted with a lightsaber blade, knowing that that's what killed him. But, you know, <laughs> she's OK. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, oh, yeah, it's on Tuesdays, which is odd. Mm-hmm. None, none of the series have been on Tuesdays. No, they've always been on Wednesdays. Yeah, I think even She-Hulk was Thursdays. One I think of them so, was yeah. Thursdays. But yeah, the, the Tuesday night's an odd night, in my opinion. So, um, But yeah, I am enjoying it. I like all the characters. I loved hearing Chopper. Uh, he's one of the droids that speaks in a way that you can almost understand him. Like, you kind of yes, know what that. he's saying. Yep. Um, like, found it. Yeah. Yeah, I did not move your stuff. Um, yeah, I'm... I don't know. I like the world that they're creating between all of these different properties. You know, Ahsoka, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, yeah. uh, Andor. Andor is its own thing, but they're still, you know, they're focusing on the characters rather than the worlds. Um, and fortunately, we're not back on Tatooine, which is always a good thing in my book. Yep, I agree. Uh, I'm wondering now that we've. Well, no, that's right, because the dark saber's been broken. Sabine actually wielded the dark saber for a while, and uh, she's the one, if I remember correctly, who lost it to. No, did she lose it to Tarkin? Gideon? She might have lost it to Gideon. I thought Bo-Katan did. Maybe she did. I'd have to look it back up. It's been a while. Um, but yeah, so, but that's been destroyed anyway. So I'm wondering if we're going to get Bo-Katan in here. It wouldn't surprise me considering that all of these worlds are linked. We'll see. Yeah. Let's see here. You looking up the dark saber thing? I am. Let's see here. <laughs> Series explained Bo-Katan was the holder of the sword before Jin and Gideon. Unfortunately, she tragically lost the sword during the bridge of the Mandalore uh, before she could reclaim it. Okay, hold on. Okay. In fact, many believe many. In fact, some of the some may believe that this is the curse is the reason for the purge of Mandalore, as Chris did not traditionally gain the sword. Before her, the wield of the sword was Sabine Wren, who acquired it during the events of Star Wars Rebellion. Here's how this. Okay, now we're gonna go through this long story, aren't we? Okay. Yeah. The wielder of the dark saber before Wren was Darth Maul. Sabine. Sabine became the rightful wielder of the Darksaber after defeating Imperial Viceroy Garsaxon in a duel. She gave the Darksaber to Bo-Katan with the understanding that she would reunite the Mandalorian clans and restore their home. But then Bo Ah. lost it to Moff Gideon. So that's 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 where they thought the curse came from. Because she was given it instead of earning it. There we go, then. I knew there was something about that. So I watched uh, like 12 movies. <laughs> I only watched three. Ugh. Ugh, bad. 
You watch some bad ones? Okay, here we go. No, here we go. Uh, not all of these were new to me. Okay. A few were reruns, but quite a few new to me. Um, I watched The Pope's Exorcist. I think it's on the Netflix, you know, the one with uh, Russell Crowe as Father Gabriel Amorth, about a guy who does exorcisms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how many he's done and everything. I think this takes place in uh, 87-ish. Um, I actually enjoyed it quite well. Uh, yeah. Yep. I enjoyed yeah, it. I, I like it. I, I saw a few things that said that it was really well done. Yeah. I th- yeah, I thought it was really good. So I was pretty happy with that. Uh, let's see here. I watched some older horror films. I watched Madman from 1982. It's about, um, an axe wheeling murderer named Madman Mars, who was accidentally summoned by a group of campers during a campfire tale. And of course, so he starts to stalk and kill them all. Um, came out in 81. So hot, hot off the, the presses of Friday the 13th, but I believe it came out right before the burning. Okay. Um, so, or right at the same time as the burning. But um, yeah, it, it's pretty solid. I'd never seen it before. Um, I heard some good stuff about it here and there, and, and it was on one of the streaming services. I can't remember. I think it might have been Tubi or something. So I watched it, and yeah, it was decent enough. Nice. Can't say I'd watch it again, but it was decent enough. I watched a movie called Piggy. Piggy? Piggy, P-I-G-G-Y. So this came out, uh, this was on Hulu. Uh, It's a Spanish flick uh, based on a short film that the person did in 2019. Is like one of those proof of concept type things. Mm -hmm. Um. So this is about it's a horror thriller, if you will, about a young girl who is bullied by other girls for her weight. They call her Piggy. And essentially, I'm not going to give away anything they don't in the trailer. There's a guy who's like, fuck those bitches. And he is going to murder them. And so, yeah, it's like this serial killer madman murders people that treat other people like shit. And uh Piggy discovers him and there's some sort of, I don't know, romance maybe between the two of them. And um, yeah, I thought it was pretty damn good. It's in Spanish. It's on Hulu. It's called Piggy. Uh, I thought it told a really kind of a neat original story, uh, a kind of a unique different tale. Um, And um, yeah, I liked it a lot. Nice. I liked it a lot. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Okay. I rewatched, I'll talk about a couple rewatches. I rewatched dead silence. I own it on DVD. I have not seen this movie in forever. It's a Lee Winnell, James Wan flick. They did it right after saw. So it has like a real cool twist at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about, have you, do you know what the, the premise is? Uh, no, not off the top okay. of my head. Guy goes back to his hometown. It's his dad or his grandfather kind of treats him like shit. There's a local woman who had all these like ventriloquist dummy dolls that were her children. And it's maybe like they're coming to life to kill people. So Hmm. um, it's got a good twist. It's a pretty solid flick. It's been out for a very long time. Let's see here. 
Well, you said it was just after they did Saw. So 2007. Assume, yeah. Yep. yeah. So I liked it. I liked it pretty thoroughly. Yep. Nice. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so you were going to talk about a couple yeah. of the rerun movies for you. Yeah, I'm just trying to decide which one I'm going to talk about next. Okay. Nope. Army of Darkness. I've heard of that one. Uh, Addison, we went and saw Evil Dead the Musical week before on a Sunday, the day before with the Guns N' Roses up in Bangor. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fantastic. The, movie, the, the play was fantastic. They did a great job with it. Did you sit in the splash zone? We did. I'll talk about that some other time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Addison apparently had not seen Army of Darkness, so we corrected that. We watched it, and she thought it was great. Good. Yep. Um, I mean, it's an amazing film. <laughs> you don't have to convince uh, me. Kate, yeah, I know I don't. Uh, Kate and I rounded out our Indiana Jones watching by watching the uh, Crystal Skull. Ugh. You know what? It was better. It was a lot better than I remember it being. Hmm. A lot better than I remember it being. Um, okay. It's still a little out there. Uh, I really feel like probably Last Crusade's the best one of those four. Mm-hmm. Yep. I am looking forward to, uh, but I wouldn't put this at the bottom. I'd say Raider. I'd say Last Crusade, Raiders, Crystal Skull, and then Temple of Doom. Mm, Temple of Doom. I saw that too many times as a kid. Yeah, to me that was just terrible. But I'm looking forward to the new one. Yeah. The new new one, just to kind of watch that, round that out, get that done. Mm-hmm. Uh, came the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre game came out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got Kanan's some good reviews. Kanan's on a real kick playing it, so we wanted to watch some of the movies. So we watched Texas Chainsaw 3D. Or Texas Chainsaw 2013, whatever you want to call it. Do you remember mm-hmm. this one at all? I do. Yeah, we get done watching it, and Kanan's like, so how is Leatherface the good guy in this? <laughs> I mean, he, like, murdered innocent people. The family were cannibals. They had bone furniture, and he's the good guy? I'm like, yeah, they really did make Leatherface the good guy in this, mm-hmm. you know? Like the townsfolks, they made the townsfolks so despicably horrible and nasty that you were happy to see their demise. That's mm-hmm. uh, just wild to me, quite frankly. <laughs> but yeah, even he was like, how is he the good guy? Uh, and then he wanted to watch Friday, uh, Friday the 13th, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Which I have not seen in probably 35 years or something like that. 30 plus years. Yeah. The Dennis Hopper one. Mm-hmm. The radio station and everything. And that is just. I cannot believe Toby Hooper directed the original <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then he actually directed this one too. Because it is such a departure from literally every other movie in the franchise. Now. Mm-hmm. I have recently discovered that I have never seen part three, which is called Texas Chainsaw Massacre Leatherface or Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre or whatever. Um, but I've seen the other like seven movies. Okay. And this, they're all dark and bloody and gory and violent. And this one is just campy, 
campy, campy. <coughs> and there's a scene where the car's driving across the bridge, and they get like halfway across the bridge, and they run into the Sawyer folk truck, where now Leatherface is going to terrorize them with a chainsaw. And they're driving across the bridge to get away from them, then, and they never hit the other side of the bridge. I mean, like five minutes of TV time of them <laughs> driving across this damn bridge, and they never make it to the other side. It is just absurd. It sounds painful. I mean, truthfully, I did enjoy the movie. I don't know that I've ever watched that one. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it was it was decent enough. It wasn't terrible. I mean, I didn't sit there hate watching it or anything. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't enough that I'm like, I'm shutting this off or I'm going to read a book or whatever. You know, I, I stuck it out. Um, watched a movie on, I believe it's Amazon Prime. It's called Unseen. Mm-hmm. And it's about a girl whose former fiance or ex-boyfriend, whatever it is, um, they're supposed to go on. Oh yeah. She, she was supposed to go on this thing, but he kidnaps her and then he's going to murder her because, you know, she broke up with him and destroyed his heart. Um, and she breaks her glasses Velma style and she's <laughs> trying to get away from him, but she can't see. So she calls like she's trying to call 911, but she can't even see the screen to dial numbers. So she ends up calling the last phone number that called her, which was a misdial. And she's in Minnesota, and she gets this woman on the phone in Florida who's like 20, 21, 22, whatever it is. And, um, oh, this is sounding familiar. Has, she has to guide her out of the woods by the woman's holding up her phone with the camera so the other girl can see it while she's walking and see if he's coming, you know, um, the concept was cool. The suspense was cool in that. Some of the drama was cool in that. The, the worst parts all involved Missy Pyle. Really? She I normally love like Missy Pyle. A, she played like an over the top extreme Karen type character. Oh, because Sarah, one of our heroes works at like a, 7-Eleven convenience store type place. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a customer that keeps coming in and it is just over the top. Terrible. Um, so like that annoyed me, but the whole scenes of her guiding her through the woods, trying to get away from her boyfriend, everything that comes of it. It's, it's like really cool, actually really, really well done. Hmm. Nice. Let's see here. Yeah, my eyes are getting puffy from the damn pollen. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Yep. All right. Uh, watched a movie called Death Spa. This is just ooh doggy. I mean, I mean, holy cow, is this bad? It is just bad. It doesn't it sound very good just from the title. Bad 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 so it came out in 88 well it came out in 89 filmed in 88 it takes place at this um apparently there was an alternate title in europe and asia called witch bitch um interesting uh there's the star body health spa in los angeles and lightning strikes the sign and all the letters go out except ones that show death spa 
<laughs> up on the screen, and that's the title card. I'm like, oh my god, this is terrible. I can't wait to watch this. And it's essentially about this spa that is completely controlled by a computer, and this is an '89, '88, you know, so it's not real, really good at all. Mm-hmm. And the spa's trying to kill people. It's turning against them because they're supposed to be like AI type things. And as the movie's going and they're doing stuff, they're learning and developing. And uh, there's um, lots of gratuitous nudity in it. There's a bunch of girls in the shower scene. So, I mean, like they pepper all the tropes in this, mm. you know, violent kills, bloody kills, nudity, um, group shower scenes. Uh, but yeah, I thought all in all, it was pretty darn solid. Um, great eighties horror flick, you if you will. So you did like it? I did, just, yeah. Because you said at the beginning it was bad, 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 bad. But it's a good bad. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's one of those good bads. Okay. I watched Summer of '84. It is absolutely freaking amazing. It is. I just every time I watch it. It just doesn't falter with me. It's just an amazing film. If you haven't seen it, go out of your way to watch it. I believe it's on Shutter. It's uh, the tagline is, you know, uh, like uh, a serial killer is somebody's neighbor or something like that. Mm. Um, about these kids that think that their neighbor, who's a cop, is a serial killer, and um, how their Scooby Dooing kind of gets them in trouble and. Uh, yeah, it was pretty damn fantastic. I love the film. I can never say anything bad about it. So I was watching it on. I think I was watching it for the first time on Shutter, and I was only halfway through, and I bought it on Amazon on Blu-ray. So I remember you talking about it. I think. Yeah, it's it's you would love it. Go out of your way to watch it. It's absolutely amazing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I, I'm trying to think. I don't think that I've seen it. You need to go watch it. I'm disappointed in you. I can't remember if I have or not, though. Because it's sounding like there's a familiarity in my head, and I don't know if it's because I remember seeing the trailer, because you talked about it, or because I watched it, based on your recommendation. If you, I think you'd remember watching it. Like if you started watching it again, I think it would come back to you. I mean, it's about a kid who's a newspaper delivery kid. His neighbor's a police officer. He thinks his neighbor's a serial killer. Him and his buddies get together to, you know, and do their own investigation. There's the neighbor girl who is way hotter than, uh, you know, than, than you. She has any right to be. Yes. Thank you. And, uh, their kind of interactions and relationship, quote unquote. And uh, yeah, it's just really brilliantly done. And um, yeah, it's just brilliantly done. I love it. Absolutely love it. And the last movie I have to talk about is the Saturday before last. My wife and I made the drive down to Pride's Corner Drive-In and we watched the Barbie movie. Did you stay for the the Meg 2 afterwards? No, went home. Didn't stay for the Meg 2. I've heard a lot of negative about the Meg 2, and I just hadn't seen the Meg yet. So I the, the Negan on the Megan? 
Megan on the Megan. Um, this movie was way better than I ever expected it to be. It was way better than it really had any right to be. It was shockingly good. <laughs> like the the drive-in was hacked. Mm-hmm. I got up to I had to go to the bathroom at one point because you know I'm old and that's what happens if I drink too much fluids. Uh, and I could not get over how many vehicles were there, like throughout the whole lot. It was it was absolutely packed with people there to see the Barbie movie. Um, Margot Robbie was fantastic. Uh, what's his name? Magic Mike. Ryan Gosling. Uh, Ryan Gosling is not Magic Mike, but Ryan Gosling is a heartthrob. Yes. Who played Ken? Ryan Gosling. Who plays Magic Mike? Channing Tatum. Ah, Channing Tatum. Okay. Sorry, honey. She's yelling at me. So Ryan Gosling (laughs) was fantastic as Ken. Um, America Ferrara was awesome in the movie. I didn't know that all of the Barbie dolls were named Barbie. I didn't have Barbies as a kid. My cousin Chrissy did, but she had Stacy and she had Skipper and she had Barbie and Ken. Did she have Midge? (laughs) No, she did not have Midge. I didn't know Midge was a thing. I didn't know Grow Up Skipper was a thing. I didn't know Alan was a thing. Michael Sarah's Alan was phenomenal. Um, Alan literally stole every scene that he was in. Yep, absolutely did. But I had absolutely no idea that every race, color, and creed of Ken and Barbie were called Ken and Barbie. Yep. Um, uh, Addison only had stereotypical Barbie. She didn't have any others because she was into Monster High and she was into Bratz. And she was into the My Little Ponies when they had that series of My Little Ponies that got through the portal to the real world and they become actual women or girls, teenagers. Yeah. And so they had like the pony ears and tails still sometimes. But I was told by someone that the Bratz dolls make a cameo in the Barbie movie. They do. The uh, the four teenage girls at the lunch table, one of which is America yes. Ferrera's daughter. Those yes. four are the four primary Bratz. Oh, okay. All right. That's kind of neat. Are they a Mattel thing? Is that why? No, they were a competitor. They were Barbie's direct competitor. And uh, they were supposed to be, you know, the girls with attitude and, um, you know, we're not Barbie, we're brats. Okay. All Hmm. right. Fair enough. Um, Yeah, I just, I loved it. I was shocked how much I enjoyed it, but we left there. We laughed so much through the movie. Well, Farrell's character is amazing in it. You know, he plays the role perfectly. I, I always remember Rhea Perlman as the wise cracking, smart ass, toughest nails. Uh, um, uh, with Roz from Cheers. Yeah, wasn't she Roz on Cheers? No, no, Carla. Carla, yeah. So seeing her as like the elderly kind, like, you know, Barbie creator was kind of wild. Yeah, I we left there. I had. No clue that it was going to be that that this movie is better than I if I had any right to be. And uh, I would give this a hard sell for people to go and watch. Absolutely. I 100 percent agree. Um, I. uh, I saw some articles afterwards and I agree with them. They said that, you know, people are taking the wrong lesson from Barbie, which is that 
they're trying to make more movies based on toys. You know, so now yeah. there's like, oh, let's do a an Uno movie and let's do, you know, whatever. You know, they're they're thinking that the success of Barbie was because it's a toy and it's a movie based on toys, but it's not. It's the messages were so much better. The the everything about it was deep. You know, there's so many deep connections, deep messages characters that have different layers to them um for the next two weeks after that movie came out and i watched it like everywhere on my tiktok was nothing but different people breaking down different parts of it different characters different scenes did you realize this did you realize this and it was just it's amazing how much depth and soul there was to that movie Um, america ferrara's promo i'm gonna say promo because i love pro wrestling yeah. Her speech about being a woman, holy cow. Like, I'm obviously not a woman. Uh my you know, but I it hit home with me, mm. quite frankly. Like, Absolutely. I completely see like that was like that's fucking believable. And what's yeah. hilarious, when she finished, more than one person in the drive in was clapping and they're going like, Woo, or you know what I mean? Or like they were clapping and cheering. You could hear yeah. it like throughout the drive-in to that speech because it was just like, holy cow. And I think even my wife was like, yep. Yeah, I just. Yeah. Yeah. When we left it, we were driving and talking about it briefly. And Julia's like, I want to go back and watch it again. It's like, I want to go see this again. I, I want to. She's like, I feel like I only picked up maybe half of what was going on. There was just so I would much. I watch this again. Yeah. Like I told Kate, I was like, I want to watch this again. Like I'm going to wait for streaming, but I, I absolutely want to watch this again. Last I had heard it's coming to HBO max this fall, they said. So it could be yep. October. It could be November. Um, but yeah, yeah, I definitely want to watch it again. Yeah. It was, yeah, it amazing. was just, I, I just really can't get over how good it was. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. All right, you got some uh you got three movies to talk about what you got. Three movies. So the way that we've been doing it lately is like if we're all caught yes. up on shows and we've got some time, you know, we trade off. And it's usually movies that one of us has seen and wants to show the other one. Um yep. the other night we watched one that Julia was like, I just really want to see this movie. And neither one of us had seen it. Um The Secret Life of Pets. Animated movie. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I watched that years ago with the kids, the first yep. one. It was delightful. It was actually a really good movie for a kid's movie. It had plenty of adult yep. humor, uh, good lessons, good story. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Chris Rock work, voice works in that. What, he was a guinea pig? Um, something. No, it was not Chris Rock. Well, maybe it was. I know that um, Kevin Hart was a bunny rabbit, a psychotic bunny. Oh, rabbit. okay. That That's what I'm thinking then, I think. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it was just, it was delightful. Although it was interesting. The main character, well, yeah, the main dog character who starts off narrating and everything was Louis CK. And I was like, Oh, this must've been filmed before he got in all that trouble. I was about to say, yeah, he's kind of gone now. Yeah. Um, so then the next time we watched a movie, it was my turn and I was looking through all the stuff. Like there are movies that I want to show, but like for instance, Kingsman two, you know, we watched Kingsman. I want to watch Kingsman's golden circle. I apparently don't own it. 
and I don't want to spend, excuse me, like $5 to rent it, $15 to buy it digitally. So, you know, I'm skipping over some of those. I wanted to do that. I wanted to do, um, do you remember searching? I think it was searching the one with, uh, Oh yes. The young girl looking for a mother. No, that's the sequel. That's the sequel. Well, the, the sequel, remember the one that came before it? Um, John Cho, uh, yes. Yes. Looking for his daughter. Yes. That was actually, we want, I thought we watched it together even. We did. And it was phenomenal. Okay. Yes. See, that was a great flick, but that's another one that apparently I don't own and I'd have to rent it through some service. So I was like, Mm -hmm. so I picked now you see me the original. Now you see me. I, I didn't care for it. I love the original. I hated the second one. Okay. Um, and I told her that I was like, we're never watching the second one because it was, it was hot garbage, but I liked the original one. I liked the, the twist to it. You know, I liked the magic tricks being explained and, you know, being over the top. Um, it it was a fun one. We both enjoyed it. It was a good fun time movie. Um, and then I think it was Saturday night. It was her turn to pick again. So we ended up watching the proposal. Uh, Ryan Redmond, Ryan Redmond, Ryan Reynolds, and Sandra Bullock. Yep. Uh, as well as Great Betty one. White, Malin Ackerman, Mary Steenburgen, yeah. um, Coach. What's his name? Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson. I wanted to say Craig Robinson, but that's definitely not him. Yeah. A lot of people. Dude, there's one guy in there who's like, when when they're meeting the whole family, there's one guy who like toasts them. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, get her. And then later on, he turns out to be the air traffic controller at the little tiny airport. It's Drew yeah. from Scrub Season 8 slash 3XK. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, I love that guy. I do, too. And he's just like a bit background player. So um, it was delightful. Yeah, it, it was a delightful a rom-com. Yep. Yeah, I haven't watched that in quite a while. So I, I'm trying to decide my next night if I'm going to pick one of those or I might go with one that I do own that I really enjoyed was Chronicle. Remember that one? It's been a while, but yeah. The guys with the superpower. Oh, found yeah. footage. Oh, I love that one. Yep, tempted, to, tempted to bring that in. But yeah, uh, so those are my three movies. All right. We have, I feel like, a fuck ton, uh, fuck ton of trailers, and I'm not gonna remember what all these movies are about. Probably me either. I, I think some of them, yes, some of them no. Like I yeah. see, all fun and games is the first one that I sent you. No Garbage. way. Yeah, because if you look back at the calendar, we haven't recorded for a couple of weeks. Hold on. So we recorded on the eighth. Oh my God. Holy Wait, shit. Did we? Did we? Yeah, we. Because we should yeah, we have recorded did. on the 15th. No, because we recorded on the 15th, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I should skip ahead. Yes, because um, the vacation to. Yes, fair play. Yeah, we saw that one. I'm like, I'm going back way too far. Yeah, okay. There uh, we go. Head count, Chucky season three. Uh, Warrior Nun canceled. Predators coming to Blu-ray. Okay, that one we haven't talked about. That was ten days ago. Yeah, Warrior Nun's coming back with three movies. So, great. 
Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. The Flash coming to streaming service. It's out. It's oh out yeah, it's out. Out. Uh, out. I'll drag myself to watch that. You know, sit on my couch and put it on. Or yeah, I know Michael Keaton. I want to see him, but it's worth it for him. Uh, we got the official uh, teaser for the Scott Pilgrim anime. Yes. Yeah, that looks good. Going to be great. Love it. Yep. Um, uh, same for a trailer for something called The Rustlers. It's kind of a reality show. It's going to be on Netflix. It's about the o- Ohio Valley wrestling. It looks really good. Yeah. Do you follow that group? or? I mean, yes and no. You know of them, but you're not like I, I know who runs it. I know of them. I, I'm familiar with the history of the promotion. It's been around a really long time. So, yeah. OK. Um, since your trailer for freelance. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, freaking um, John Cena Allison and, Allison Bree Bree. and John Cena. Yeah. Uh, years after retiring from the Army, former Special Forces operator Mason Pettis, a.k.a. John Cena, takes on a job providing security for a journalist as she interviews the president of Paldonia when a military coup breaks out in the middle of the interview. So they're going to be running through the jungle together. Yeah, but also the uh, the military dictator looks like a bit of a goofball. He's kind of giving me the same vibes as um, yeah. Pedro Pascal in uh, that one with Nick Cage. Yep, I get that. I can feel that. So, yeah, that one looks decent, honestly. It does, yeah. Um, And then Reptile with Benicio Del Toro and Justin Timberlake. Um, This looks very intense. Basically, a girl gets murdered, and you've got four people all working part of the investigation, and they're all... They're all convinced that they know who did it. You know, the ex-boyfriend, the creepy guy, the, you know, there's at least four different suspects and we're going to watch it get pieced together. Yeah. I think it looks great. It says New England detective. So I don't know where it takes place other than New England. Mm. October 6th on Netflix. I'm going to guess Connecticut because, you know, that seems like the type, but it could be Massachusetts. Yep. Um, speaking of October, October 20th, we're getting season three of Upload. I got to go back and watch season two. I think I forgot to watch it. I think you did, too, because it ended kind of on a cliffhanger and I really wanted to talk to you about it. And then it just kind of I think we both forgot about it. I believe so. Uh, let's see here. Atari 2600 modernized game console. I mean, OK, I'll just play my original one. Yeah, it. It's a cool idea, you know, with the HDMI ports, but like I was saying to you and I believe Andy, I'd rather see one that does NES and SNES games, you know, give me something like that. Let me plug in those cartridges. What it is kind of cool about is it is going to be able to play the old cartridges, like you just said. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is, you know, kind of unexpected. Yeah. Well, you go into some of these, um, I don't want to say pawn shops, but you know, the, the second in stores, the bull mooses, stuff like that. And you'll see that they have a section that place down in Portland, you know, they have a section where you can buy old Atari cartridges, NES cartridges, ColecoVision cartridges. So you might see people picking up a few of those here and there, or yeah. they might become more expensive. 
Yes. Um, uh, you sent you sent me the re-education of Molly Singer. Um, seems a lot like that. Uh, that not Jennifer Gardner, but um, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence movie. Yeah, basically some kid who's at college and he doesn't have any friends and he's unpopular. So his mom's like, or no, is it even his mom? Yeah, his mom, who happens to be her boss, yeah. is like, go there and make him popular. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> Let's see here. Cassandra. Oh, you, you sent me the trailer to Cassandra, which is a biopic about uh, the exotico Lucha Libre wrestler Cassandra. This looks fantastic. Cassandra has an amazing life story. Um, so I'm very excited about it. Okay. I was going to ask you about that because it looked like something. I was like, I'll bet you Mike knows about this story. I'll bet you he's well-versed oh, yeah. in this. Because oh, yeah. I know you're big on wrestling and Lucha. So I yep. never heard the term Exotico, though. So an Exotico and Lucha Libre is like a male. It's like a transgender. Okay. But not transgender, like a transvestite or cross-dresser. It's a male wrestler who dresses up in stereotypical female wrestling attire. Um, which I guess in Mexico is like a one piece bathing suit or back in the day, like that style or leotard or whatever, and is very flamboyant and maybe they're gay. Maybe they're not gay. It's implied, you know, um, the closest we kind of got here was in the eighties, like uh, adorable Adrian Adonis in the WWF. Yes, I do remember him except, um, you know, Adrian Adonis was a, a badass biker gimmick before becoming Adrian Adonis. So, you know, uh, but yeah, no, Cassandra is what's called an exotico Lucha Libre and, and is an excellent competitor. Nice. Yeah. Let's see here. Yeah. I was like, we had a little I see, commentary. Yeah. Trailer to rebel moon. The new Zack Snyder Netflix movie where we get part one in December, part two in April. And then we're going to get uh, after that, we're going to get a uh, Snyder cut of both of them together with another hour of extra footage. So. The footage looks intense. It looks big. Um, yep. Looks very Snyder. Looks, looks yep. very like, oh, let's 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 have some. They're saying it's Star Wars with sex and killing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, we've also got a little bit of uh, Avatar in it. Yeah. Um, the problem is, like, one of my buddies, I, I sent him the trailer, and he's like, I, I'm good with anything Zack Snyder. Well, so I'm not. I, I get that. But at the same time, it's kind of like you and I used to say, oh, I'm good with anything Kevin Smith. And then we're like, Actually, he's put out some shit. Uh, anything that Joss Whedon does is great. Well, yep. then he turned out to be a piece of shit. Um, yep. the, you, you can't. I don't think that we live in a society anymore where you can say with certainty that everything an artist puts out is going to be gold. You can like yeah, some of no. their stuff, but you can't just automatically give them a pass and be like, yeah, whatever they do is going to be great. So you this, can say, oh, I'm going to watch this movie because of this actor, actress or director. But yes, yeah. but automatically just greenlighting something and being like, yes, this is going to be amazing because it's that person. Eh, I, that that's where you lose me. Um, 
I, I will check well, it out I, when it comes I out. I lean to agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. I'm, I'm not against it. I'm, I'm pretty much against Zack Snyder. We know this. I've talked about it many, many times, but oh. I'll still watch it. So uh, you're not going to buy the just announced Zack Snyder cut of his DC extended universe trilogy of movies? No. No, oh, I'm you're not. not. No, I'm not. Oh, okay. No, I, I, I thought I thought you'd pre-order that some bitch. As, as to paraphrase what Russell Brand said in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, yeah, I I was going to do that, and then I figured I'd just go on living my life. Yeah, I've used that so many times. It's a phenomenal line. It's very adaptable friggin' line. <laughs> yeah. Everything yeah, yeah, no, I was absolutely going to do that, but then I decided, you know, just to keep living my life. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, um, it works in, in so many different, uh, so many different realms. Yep. And like I said, you can you can massage the wording a little bit, like what I just did there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's great. Um, I sent you the trailer for Frasier. Yeah, I I couldn't care less. Yeah, I know. I hear you. Wilderness. I can't remember what this is about. This is the one with Jenna Coleman and the very handsome guy from, I believe, The Invisible Man. Uh, They're a couple. It looks like he uh, fancies another girl, and then she's contemplating killing him. Uh, You told me that there's a book description about it. Oh, yes. Was this the TV series, though? Yes, on Prime. Yes. Okay. All right. I remember this now. It's a twisted love story where happily ever after quickly turns into a living nightmare. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. I fucking hate this messenger, how it just zips everything back. Uh, Uh, You sent the trailer for Leo. Another Adam Sandler. Seventy-four-year-old lizard named Leo and his trailer friend decide to escape the terrarium. That they've been in the same Florida school for decades. Yeah, it's an Adam wow. Sandler animated movie. Yeah. yeah, it certainly is. I debated whether or not I was going to send you Flora and Son because honestly, it doesn't look enjoyable. But then I saw Joseph Gordon-Levitt on the screen, and I was like, okay, it's JGL. Okay. I've got to at least. Yeah. So that was the thing for me watching the trailer. Initially it was like, this could be a good feel good thing. It's got Jordan Gordon Levin in it. It's, it's the, the, the premise of when it takes place where she's like, I'm going to learn to play the guitar because my shithead son doesn't want to. And, but yeah, I don't know. It, lo- it looks, it looks like it could be decent. I just don't know. I had, I have to be in the right frame of mind for it. I, I don't even think that the teenage son being a dick just immediately turned me off. So JGL is awesome, but I yep. just couldn't see anything by the time I got to the end of this. I was like, nah, I don't really want to see it. So yeah, I get um, that. And then there's RL Stein zombie town based on RL Stein and his yep. works. Yeah. Yep. Expendables four red brand trailer getting an R rated movie. Finally. 
We're getting, yeah, exactly. We're getting Statham, Stallone, 50 Cent, the whole nine yards, Tony Ja, Eco UA is in this. Lots of fighting and killing and good stuff. Don't even care what the story is. Gonna watch the hell out of it. Yep. What's this thing? Oh, oh, Blue Beetles, Angel, Angel Manuel is gonna shoot a Jason Momoa and Dave Batista buddy comedy. I mean, fuck it. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, seeing the two of them side by side, I'm like, yeah, I could see it. Dave Bautista's yeah. had some really good comedic work. You know, My yeah. Spy and uh, something else. But Oh, Stuber. Stuber. Stuber is so friggin' hilarious. It's too, so friggin' good. Too friggin' good. Yeah, no, Stuber is friggin' amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robocop. Okay, yeah. Okay. Wolf Like Me getting a season two. And soon. Uh, I'm excited yeah. about that. I, I got to go back and rewatch, I think, the first season again, because I enjoyed so the good. hell out of it. I did, too. I mean, I think we knew we were going to enjoy it, but we enjoyed it yeah. way more than we expected to. Yeah. I sent you the exceptionally dark trailer to called Beaten to Death <laughs> that takes place in Australia. Holy <laughs> cow. <laughs> Dude, I feel like you were just like rapid firing me. Like, yeah. take this and take this and take this. <laughs> no, okay, so incorrect. Because I I think beating to death looks great. I'm looking forward to it. Like, this is going to be absurd. Absurd is one word for it. Yes. Yeah. And VHS 1985, you know, coming to Shutter. That's not so bad. It's just in a horror anthology, and the VHS ones have been, you know, okay. Decent. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, bad things. That was, uh, I watched it. You got to watch it. <sighs> Thanks. Even the cover photo with her, I'm just like, I don't want to watch this. You know, sometimes you see the, the still shot, and you're like, okay, maybe this will be these. Maybe. No, I just looked at that still shot, and I'm like, no, I don't want to see this. And then I watched it. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I watched it hoping it was gonna be good. Um, yeah, nope, nope, Mm-mm. nope. The tagline is a group of friends go to a hotel for a weekend getaway and soon discover that women do bad things here. Spin, like a little homage to The Shining going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that doesn't look good at all. Not at all. No, no, it looks terrible. Yeah, I don't think I sent you trailers to the fog. You did not. Fog, fog city. I mean, yeah, that actually looks pretty decent. I'll send you that one. We'll talk about it next week. That one actually looks pretty decent. That that's it for me. That's also it for me. Cool. I'm running on like three and a half hours sleep, so I'm gonna. I've had to get up and walk around a couple of times. (laughs) Yeah, I've uh, been yawning and rubbing my eyes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Between the pollen acting up my eyes, that's not helping. And then running on the the low sleep. So, yeah, we're going to think we're going to go to bed. I got to work a double tomorrow. So be perfect. Gross. Yeah, it is. All right. What do you do? All right. Well, uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm Superstar Mal. I'm the Quantum Geek, G33K. That's uh, that's our show. Thank you. Talk to you next week.